Is Zegris the number one dynasty prospect? Let's drop the puck. How's it going today, guys? I'm good. How are you guys? It's a really good day. It's a good day. Okay, great. Yeah. So the NHL lottery draft was last night. Buffalo won the first over pick. I feel like that's pretty deserving given, uh, what was it, yeah, 16 losses in a row? Yeah. Yeah, worse than history, I think. Yeah. I, I think they definitely deserve that. Um, yeah, so just for you listeners, if you don't know the draft order, we'll quickly quickly run through it. So at 15, it's the Rangers, then Stars, Flyers, Flames, Blackhawks, Senators, Canucks, Kings, Sharks, Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Devils, Ducks, Kraken, and Sabres. And so, I think it'll be looking really interesting for the Kraken having the second pick. It's a possibility to have some real quality talent there. I agree. Possibly bring a franchise name to the community i agree and for fantasy purposes i'm not really sure how this would affect the player being picked second overall um we don't know anyone on the kraken yet um so we can't really comment on that i think for owen power who is as of right now the projected first overall pick for fantasy purposes is about the best possible place he could have landed getting to play with players like the quality of eichel and reinhardt assuming they aren't traded and I think really this this boosts the value of Eichel and Reinhardt as well as they, they're now playing with a, such an elite talent-like power. And I think it really helps them all across the board. I assume he would play first line with with Eichel. Um, they might have him drop down the second line to start, but I think he'll definitely be at least on the power play with that Darlene eichel Reinhardt power play. Yeah, and just noting that uh, the reason there was only 15 teams and not 16 teams in the lottery draft was because Arizona was forced to forfeit their pick earlier in the year. And uh, just looking down the list for the Ducks, I mean, there's not much to, there's not too much fantasy relevance there other than maybe Drysdale, Zegris. Like, uh, I like don't that. know. It's good maybe to hold as in a dynasty league, but not much value for a yearly redraft. For the Devils, however, given they have Heischer, Hughes, um, they have a good young core. They're building a young core. Sharon Govich is another name. They're building a young core, and I think this will really help them. And I think um, this really boosts the value across the board. Maybe not right now, but definitely for Dynasty, really helps all of those players. Yeah, and I also think that uh, bottom dwellers like the Sabres, Ducks, Devils, or think of their lucky stars that the Rangers didn't steal one of those top two picks because. As you may remember, they were there for the last three years off of just lottery odds. Yes, true. I, I agree. And just continuing to look down the list, 
Blue Jackets, I think that team's just going to continue to get worse. They kind of need to sell everyone off. Like, I wouldn't say for any fantasy relevance that really helps. Um, for the Red Wings, um, six overall pick, still a very good player. And I think that um, this will help their overall value of Larkin and Vrana, um, Ronick, and whoever they choose to pick there, I think will really help begin to build that young core as I think they're about a year or so behind the Devils, but um, I really do think that that'll help them. Uh, the Sharks, Kings, I can't even comment on them. They're pretty bad teams with old players all around. Uh, getting that one good young player in there isn't going to do much for them. Uh, I think so for Ottawa, it's going to give them another young name to add to their roster, likely as a top 10 pick. And they, you might see them take another player, like a good young defenseman, like another Sanderson that they got last year. I don't know if you take... possibly an offensive player to play with one of Brady or Colin White. Uh, I think that uh, leaning towards an offensive player would definitely be better because they already have Shabbat on D. And Branstrom came in this year. They have Sanderson, who they picked fifth, I believe, last year. They've started to put together that good young core. And they're, they're lacking a bit on the offensive side of the the puck if you think they have Brady obviously who's going to be a mainstay they have Colin White Logan Brown are solidish players but they're more bottom six they don't have that that true number one center which I think they would look to add with a, another top 10 pick as we said and um for a team like the the stars maybe I'd look to trade that pick really like they're kind of in win now mode they didn't have Sagan half of Ben didn't have Bishop like they're, they're very injured coming off of their bubble terrific bubble run last year and I think they, they look to personally trade back from that pick or even trade completely out and look to add another um another like another forward likely defenseman as their aging decor definitely definitely I think that Flames and Flyers are really in the same boat there their teams that last year did very well. Um, however, just couldn't put together a good run this year to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I could definitely see a team like the Rangers maybe trading up with the Flames as the Flames may need to trade back. So kind of Flames gain an extra pick, um, but the, the Rangers really move up to draft another high-quality player to pair with their, their Lafreniere, Kako, Ka- yes, Kako, Kratsov, Shesterkin and Nett, Panarin, Zvenja. Like They've put together a good core, and uh, I would look to see them maybe add one more good young player. All right, so moving on to the awards, we will, we know a couple of them have been announced, and we will give you our prediction who we think are going to win from the finalists, and then for the awards that haven't been announced, we will give you our prediction front runner what we think. So starting with Calder, uh, Owen, would you like to lead us off here on your prediction? So the for those of you listening, the nominees are Kyril Kaprizov. Jason Robertson and Alex Nedeljkovic. Off to you, Owen. Oh, I got Jason Robertson winning that. I I agree with him. Antonio, what do you think? I think you got to give it to Kirill. You know, he had a phenomenal end to his regular season, and he helped Minnesota 4-7 against Vegas. He was a very good team. Um, We're just beaten out of the Presidents by Colorado. You know, they put together a very solid performance, along with a lot of help from players like Cam Talbot and their defense, but he was a main scorer for their their team, and he helped a lot with the offense in the playoffs as well. Uh, I just personally, personally, I think Robertson, just because 
his age. Like he matches a true rookie. I'm not 100% sure what it is, 2021, 20, but he matches the age of a true rookie, whereas Kaprizov is 25, which uh, that's why I think there should be a rule about the Calder. It should be you have three years after your draft, but that's just my personal opinion. I do think right. it's going to go to Kaprizov, but I think it should be Robertson. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I, my prediction is Kaprizov, and I, I still like Kaprizov as the as the favorite, but I think that they ha- they have to input a rule like that where it, because you have people like Panarin and Kaprizov now that came in much later than their actual true true rookie year, um, and lit up the league. You know, they need to come up with some sort of rule to change that. But I, my favorite out of anybody under the age of twenty two is going to be Jason Robertson. All right, moving on to the Ted Linz that was announced. Owen, uh, would you like to start? Honestly, I think it's it's got to be Connor McDavid. Like, yeah, pretty self-explanatory there. I I would have to agree. I think unless the league decides to go with a Sidney Crosby, just because it's like one of his last um, phenomenal seasons. Uh, He's, it's, I, I find it really hard to see like any of these awards that Connor McDavid is running for him just not getting them because look this guy put up 100 points in a shortened season and he, his point pace was al- almost up there with the likes of Lemieux and Gretzky uh, for like some of the best point paces in NHL history uh, I personally I, I do see where you're coming from. I really don't think Crosby stands a chance of what these McDavid and Matthews did. I personally think Matthews just because the hardest thing to do in the league is score goals, and well, he put up like a record breaking. It was like point eight one goals per game, which is he's the only player in the top five not named Mario Lemieux to put up that type of goals season. And I think 41 goals in 51 games or whatever he played, like he was 10 goals away from goal per game, which is ridiculous in the NHL. And as much as McDavid put up 100 points, it, it's not it's not 0.81 goals per game. So that's why I think Matthew, Matthews should get it. Now, as well, that is voted on by the players. And I think the players kind of see the same thing. They see that goals is the hardest thing to do, which is why I do think Matthews will win that. Moving on to the Vesna, we have the nominees are Vasilevsky, Grubauer, and Fleury. Uh, I'm interested to hear your takes on this. All right, what do you think, Nero? Uh, just based off my experience, I'm giving it to Grubauer. You think so? Yeah, I tend to agree with him. I think he really shut. As much as he was playing on a good team, all these three were playing on a really good team, and I think that uh, Grubauer should should get it. He was elite all season and uh i think also he kind of came out of nowhere like i didn't predict him doing this and vasilevsky's kind of already around there and i think if he's ever going to win one in his career this is his year and so that's why i think you got to give it to grubauer i mean i tend to agree he was on the president's trophy winning team that's a major plus in his favor but i think that vasilevsky is likely just going to go back to back he is this guy has been phenomenal all year. The man is, I believe, top five in save percentage out of starters. And he's just insane. You know, Vasilevsky, he puts his whole body on the line, saving goals with everything, his head. Um, and I think he's just phenomenal and deserves to win this. 
That's a fair take, though, because Grubauer kind of just, like, came out of nowhere and was all of a sudden this great goalie when Vasilevsky has been consistent for, like, way longer than Grubauer. But this is just kind of a year award, and for this year, I give it to Grubauer. But, you know, overall, I mean, Vasilevsky is just so consistent. And I think just quickly tying in a fantasy point here, I think for all three of these goalies here, I think really the only – I think – it, me personally, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I'm not touching based on early season ADP. I'm not touching Grubauer or Flurry's ADP. I think they're they're aging, especially Flurry, and I wouldn't want to touch them at that high they're going. Vasilevsky, maybe just because he's younger, um, especially for Dynasty, I'd love him. Uh, he's 28 or something like that, and so I think that his age is really good, and he's, again, consistent, whereas Grubauer came out of nowhere, which is why I don't love his ADP sitting around sixty to fifty. I don't. Lo- I don't love that as of right now. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that. I I don't like, especially because they were playing in a little bit of a weaker division this year. You know, they had good teams. They had very good teams, but then they had teams like the Sharks. You know, they had the Sharks. So you can just go ahead and say the, the Sharks, the Ducks. <laughs> you know, they had Arizona, like just not good teams they were playing against. So I I don't think that he's gonna. They're gonna get as many wins next year. Uh, this applies to both Flurry and Grubauer, same division. I don't think either of them are going to get as many wins next year, and therefore their value is going to drop. So I wouldn't be touching either of these guys as high as their ADP. I agree. Briefly, we'll cover these three awards at the same time. Nominees haven't been announced yet. Hart, Smythe, and Norris. I believe the Hart nominees will be um, Matthews, McDavid for sure. I, I really think it's down to those two. You can nominate someone else, but I, I really think it's down to those two. I think maybe Marshawn's in the conversation for being nominated. Drysdale has to be McKinnon. It's probably between those three, I would say. Um, but I think you got to give it to McDavid. You can't give it to anyone else. McDavid was insane. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Like McDavid is insane, but I I wouldn't agree with saying that Matthews is on his own like own planet. There, if you saw what Marshawn was doing near the end of the season, he was insane. He was pushing for the Bruins, and he helped them to have the best record. <laughs> Over those last couple months, you know, they had the best record since the trade deadline. And although Taylor Hall and um, Curtis Lazar were helpers in that, I think that Marshawn is truly up there and further up there in conversation than people actually believe. I just think you can't. The main reason I think Matthews and McDavid are the true one, two. Is just purely 41 goals in 51 games. Said it before about the Lindsay. It just crazy numbers. I think Marshawn had to put himself up there. I think he probably should be the third nominee, but I really think it's going to come down to Matthews McDavid. Do you think it's going to be McDavid? And for fantasy purposes, quickly, I think all three of these guys in a yearly league slam dunk can't miss players. For Dynasty, Marshawn should drop a bit, probably late second round value, but you're still going to be a terrific player for another two years. Matthews McDavid. Well, let's talk about our front runners now for the cons tonight. I think so. Out of the current teams that are left, we have Montreal, the Jets, Vegas, Colorado, Boston, the Islanders, um, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. I think. So I think we go in that order. So Montreal, who do you have? If they end up winning, Price that, easily. That's the only one you can nominate. Price. I yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. KK KK has been. Standing, he was standing on his head in the Leaf series, and you know I don't think they have a single superstar um, offensive player. And they've really gotten their goals from a variety of players, so I don't think that anybody else there can really win it. Gallagher's had a pretty big role. 
Yeah, but he's only has two goals and like three points or something. It's not that good. I think maybe KK, uh, he put together a decent Leaf series, obviously. The, the dagger in game six, I think that's really when the Leafs lost the series. They didn't really stand a chance in game seven. Um, scored again last night. I, I think that he's up there maybe, but it's still got to be Price. And moving on to the Jets, I think... I mean, this is going to be a close one. It could be... You could pick a couple players. I think up there is Connor... Ehlers, uh, Shifley, Ehlers, Hellebuck. Hellebuck, I think, are the forefront runners. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think the Shifley incident last night really hurts his value just because NHL look at that and and say like he uh, it was somewhat of a dirty play. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's still got to be Hellebuck as well. Like he kind of won them the Edmonton series. Really, he really shut down McDavid and Drysdale. Like that defensive core of the Jets is 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 not shut down McDavid and Drysdale worthy. All right, moving on yeah. to the East Division. Realistically, I no one from the Islanders. I can't. I've watched a good chunk of the Islanders series, especially against Pens. No one stood out to me. No, no one really. I would say if they're to win the Cup, maybe JGP, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, JGP's been very good. Um, for the Bruins, I think the front row has got to be Pasternak. I think you guys agree with that. Um, I mean, Marshawn's there too. He he has two OT winners now. I agree, but Pasternak's still their front runner. Their front in the, runner. In the game winner last game, you know Pasternak had the hat trick, but before that, Marshawn was by far the front runner for them. All right. I think it's going to be between those two, depending on what happens in the series ahead. For Vegas, got to be Flurry. Um, yeah. F- and for um, Colorado McKinnon, that's pretty easy. Um, yeah, for pretty Tampa like, Bay, I would say Kucherov, Kucherov or Hedman, really. Like, Vasilevsky's played pretty well, but Hedman especially has put up ridiculous numbers for defensemen in the playoffs. And for Carolina, Aho, I would say, is their front runner. All right, now quickly moving on to the last award. Uh, Fox and Hedman uh, are really the two front runners for the Norris, sorry. And the third, I, I, don't, I can't even think of a third really right now. Makar, probably, yeah, it would definitely be Makar. Yeah, there's that, and then... Yeah, just, I mean, we're talking about Norris here. It's all around. And McAvoy, especially at the end of the year, has stepped up. But I think it's seized out of the conversation now. It's definitely Fox, Hedman, and McCarr that are the front runners. And I think that, just my take, I think Fox has it locked up now. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree. Points. I agree. All right. Now, moving on to the Ozone with Owen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ozone. So for this segment, I'm going to just be breaking down what has happened recently. Big night for hockey on Wednesday. Uh, Canadians and the Jets is what I'm going to be covering first. So Canadians-Jets, Canadians played incredibly well. It was shocking to see the Canadians really show themselves as, as a true contender. We just saw the Winnipeg Jets dismantle the Oilers. I mean, swept the Oilers, swept McDavid, swept Dreitseidel. You're thinking, oh, wow, the Jets are a force to be reckoned with. Then you're looking at the Canadians, who just came back from a 3-1 deficit against the Leafs, who are a much better team. So, you know, three playoff games, one in a row by the Canadians, and then they get a fourth. That's the fourth playoff win in a row by the Canadians. And it wasn't just a, oh, you know, they got outshot, Price saved them, they kind of just got some goals. No, 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 no. The Canadians got three goals in the first period. 
and played incredible. But that is not what everyone's talking about. What everyone's talking about, it's Scheifele absolutely obliterating Jake Evans. I mean, oh my goodness. Scary hit and all, but my, did he absolutely go. Oh, wow. Okay, so here we're looking at Evans. He's going around the net. He's just going to get the puck and put it in. Boom. Game over. If you're Evans, you're like, there you go. I just won the game. Good for me. And then Scheifele just, boom, absolutely obliterates him. Evans does a 7.20, lands on his neck, it bends the other way, and he's just stiff. He's just gone. He's gone. He, he, he is not in our dimension anymore. He, he's, he's left. He has left. He's gone. Oh, my goodness. Everyone's saying, oh, it's a dirty hit. You know, you can't do that. The stretcher's coming out again. What has hockey become? I mean, oh, my goodness. Here's the thing. If you're Scheifele, Evans is about to put the puck in the net, and end the game. I mean, you go up two goals with a minute left. That game is over. Here's the thing, though. Evans already put the puck in the net. So he put the puck in the net and then got hit. But if you're Scheifele, you didn't see him put the puck in the net. You're looking at him as the puck's in the net. You're just you're looking at the guy you're about to hit. You're not looking down as you're trying to hit him. No, you were looking at him. So he didn't know. So honestly, I'd give him a game. Seriously, I would give him just one game because I don't think it's that big a deal that he hit him. I mean, he's just trying to save his team at the same time, stretches out. Maybe if you give him two games, anything more than that, it's a bit excessive, to be honest. But I'd just give him a game. Over to the Vegas versus Colorado game. That was a thrilling game. I am shocked that Colorado won that. I mean, Vegas had 41 shots. And Colorado only had 25. Rantanen saved Colorado. Yeah, you normally don't hear a team who's up 2-0 being saved. But no, they got saved by Rantanen. I mean, they were just being outplayed. It seemed like they couldn't score. And then all of a sudden, Rantanen just snipes it, puts it in. But Rantanen's not even the hero. Honestly, I don't even think Rantanen's the hero. It's Philip Grubauer. That man saved 39 shots. 39 shots. But here's the thing. If you're Vegas, you know Grubauer's not saving 39 shots a game. So if, if you keep playing like this, if you're Vegas, you're going to win games. You can make the series close. You might even be able to win this series if you keep playing like this. If you're the Avalanche, you are praising, praising Philip Grubauer and Miko Rantanen because those two saved this game for you guys. Colorado is the best team on the power play in the NHL right now. And they, on numerous occasions, were stopped by Vegas. I mean, Vegas had incredible defense on the power play. So in the end, if you're Vegas, it's, it's kind of okay. You can keep playing like this because you're not going to lose if you play like this a lot. And if you're the Avalanche, you need to step your game up. You can't keep playing like this if you want to win in the playoffs. But then again, it was a big night in general. Let's see if it was a big night for the fantasy. As we move on to the fantasy segment, and this has been the Yoza. Now moving on to our prospect rankings, the title of our video. We'll start off with our positional center rankings for the prospects coming up. Our ADP rankings for the center prospects is first overall, Trevor Zegras, second, Dylan Cozens, third, Quentin Byfield, fourth, Marco Rossi, fifth, Cole Perfetti, 6th, Alex Turcotte, 
Seventh, Barrett Hayden. Eighth, Alex Newhook. Ninth, Morgan Frost. And tenth, Liam Foodie. All right, so just dumping in here, um, I think, uh, as we said before, Zegris, as the title of our video, is he number one? He is number one. It's not too we much debate. Consensus, consensus yeah. number one. Uh, he's pretty elite player. His his overall value dips a bit just because of the, the where he's playing, but you can't argue. Like 24 games in the NHL, three goals, 10 points. 10 assists, excuse me, 13 points. 21 points in 17 games in the AHL, 10 goals. Um, was in the, the U-20 tournament, uh, seven games played, seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points. Just crazy numbers. Slam dunk prospect for your fantasy team. Can't argue with him. Second, Dylan Cousins. Um, he had a really good U-20 tournament for Canada. Uh, eight goals, eight assists for 16 points. Struggled in the NHL, but who didn't struggle on Buffalo? Let's be real here. Byfield, I think his his combo of size and speed makes him an elite player for the NHL. Uh, his point totals aren't as crazy. So he had 20 points in the AHL, eight goals, 12 assists in 32 games, seven points in the World Juniors Tournament, seven games played, two goals. Not crazy numbers, um, but still a terrific player for the Kings, terrific player for your fantasy team. Wouldn't expect them to be your... Now, Ben, do you think that LA should have taken um, Stutzla over Byfield, considering what they've done so far? That's a tough question. I I really think that when it comes down to it, they saw something in Byfield. Uh, I think it's, it's that size that makes it, it, it hard to... Hard to change. I think you can you can make a player a points player. You can't you can't turn a small player in Stutzla into a big player like Byfield. You, you just can't do that. And I think I think his size makes him that elite talent. I'd like to hear your take on uh, Rossi and Perfetti just rounding out the top five of our um, center rankings. Well, you know Rossi was injured this year, so we really have to look back at his 2019 OHL season. But in that season, man, he was phenomenal. 120 points over 56 games with 39 goals and 81 assists. Just a phenomenal player. I think he's got tons of skill. And I think that he should eventually, like within the next two years, be an easy, easy uh, top three rookie of the year candidate. Um, Pair him with Kaprizov too. Pair him with Kaprizov too. Up the middle with Kaprizov on the right. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a nice up and coming offense. And I think it's gonna be—he's just gonna be a very strong prospect to hold on to, especially in dynasty leagues. As for Perfetti, he had a pretty solid season in the AHL this year: twenty-six points, thirty-two games played, had a decent U twenty uh, series with six points and two goals in seven games. I mean, everybody was really buzzing on that uh, Team Canada team, but you know, still impressive by the man. One thing that does worry me is he was a bit invisible watching that World Juniors Canadian team, given the amount of players that you could definitely see Cozens, Byfield being a couple of them. I think that's a little bit worrying, but I still think he's he's going to be a terrific player um, and will be great on your fantasy team. All right, now let's move over to our left winger. Our consensus number one pick for left wing was Nick Robertson on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's followed by number two, Alexander Holtz, number three, Arthur Kaliev, number four, Gregory Denisenko, number five, Matthew Boldy, 
Number six, Jack Quinn. Number seven, Rodian Amarov. Number eight, Alexei Heponyemi. Number nine, Pavel Dorofoyev. And number 10, Peyton Krebs. What do you think of Nick Robertson? Well, you know, I uh, don't know how he went in the second round. That's all I gotta say. Don't know, don't know why he went that late. Terrific pick by the Leafs and Dubas. Um, and I agree. Slotting into a, uh, as our recent Instagram post said, breaking it down, slotting into to a terrific situation. Expected second liner with Tavares and Nylander on that left side. And I think really, um, for even for yearly rankings, he should be being taken, especially for dynasty elite player, nineteen years old. Uh, he's going to be a slam dunk and uh, a winger position, left wing, always needed. You'll love to see those wingers, especially with the depth that there always is at center. Um, next, Holtz, uh, slotting into New Jersey, not a terrific spot for him to be sliding in. He didn't really do that well this year, looking at his stats, three points in five games and for Team Sweden. Um, you have to consider. You have to consider that he's going to be going in there with a developing Heisher and Jack Hughes. He'll likely be playing on the wing of one of those guys, um, and he'll also have like a veteran in Andreas Janssen, likely. And there's really quickly back to the Nick Robertson point. I think we'll we'll look for Nick Robertson to be compared to a player like um, a Caulfield or a Gallagher, one of those smaller players that's going to make an impact on a team off the lineup. And he has the the point potential. I think of a Mitch Marner and doesn't shy away from the physical aspect of the game, which I think makes him a terrific player for both the Leafs and your team because he'll be getting you in, in a Bengals league. He'll be getting you the hits. He'll be getting you the blocks, pairing that with his point and shot totals. Now, quickly moving on, um, Kaliev looked, has looked really good, especially in the U20 tournament, putting up three goals, five assists, and eight points. Um, 31 points in 40 games in the HL, 14 goals. Um, I think he's a terrific prospect for the LA Kings and pairing him with Byfield eventually. I think that'll probably be their second line next year following up that, that Kopitar line. And I think that's a, a terrific combo there for the Kings. Quickly, Boldy for Minnesota, the winger. I wouldn't be surprised. Same thing as Kaliev playing him with Rossi. I think that's a good combo. And um, he's put up good points in the NCAA this year. He played 22 games, had 31 points, 11 goals. Again, terrific, terrific numbers. 18 points in 14 games in the AHL as well. Looked like a really good player. And finally, Denisenko for Florida. Uh, he's a bit more unknown. He's played seven games in the NHL this year, but he, he's still a bit more unknown. Most people don't know about him. Um, but I think with the possibility of both Huberto and Barkov leaving next year, I think they need someone like that. Florida needs someone like that. And I would expect, if not next year, the year after, to see him get some pretty big minutes. Yeah, and you might you might even see him playing with like a Carter Verhage in a couple of years' time. All right, on to right wingers. So our overalls for the right wingers, our ADP is Cole Caulfield, number one. Vitaly Karatsov, number two. Lucas Raymond, three. Vasily Budkolzin, number four. Owen Tippett, number five. Number six, Philip Tomasino. Number seven, Lucas Reichel. Number eight, Seth Jarvis. Number nine, Jacob Perot. Number 10, Noel Gunner. Now, we just put Owen Tippett in as the only player from this draft class that we included in this rankings, and that's just because he's the number one overall pick 
and we project that he is going to be a solid prospect for whatever team he lands <laughs> <That's>... in. <laughs> You're thinking of Owen Power. He hasn't been drafted yet. <laughs> Owen Power. Oh, bro. Bro. <laughs> you had him in shell. Now, Owen Tippett didn't play any games this year for Florida, but he is still... <laughs> <laughs> the ginger leprechaun. Now, Owen Tippett didn't play any games this year for Florida, but I think he has tremendous speed, and that's going to definitely help him at the NHL level. I agree. Moving up, I'm really high on Pud Colson, and he, he, remember the Vancouver Canucks, he'll be slotting in uh, to... More likely next year. Uh, they took him high overall, top eight, I believe, somewhere in there. Uh, I think there's a possibility of him playing with at least Horvat, possibly Pedersen, and I think he could be a terrific player for them. I have multiple shares of him in a uh, dynasty league, and I'm pretty happy about it. Um, I know you're super high on Lucas Raymond, so why don't you comment on him? Uh, definitely. I think that he has the size to be a good, dominant player in the NHL. He's not going to get pushed around. And he had a good international juniors uh, campaign where he had six goals and 12 assists over 34 games. Not terrible numbers. Uh, He also only had a chance to play five games in the world juniors. But nevertheless, he still managed to score five points with two goals. Um, In the SHL, he also only played five games and again had two goals, three assists for five points. This guy, I think he is just going to slot in very well um, on Detroit. And uh, I think that he'll, he'll be a good talent to be beside like Larkin or... Um, Vrana as well. Vrana, yeah, of course. Just a great talent. He's going to be coming up on that young team, and I think he's going to be able to put up some points in a couple of years' time. All right, and quickly, Kratsov, um, I know you're you're high on him. I'm not as high on him. Um, still a terrific player for the Rangers, and again, slot, much like um, the much like Pod Colson and Robertson, we've talked about slotting into a good situation for for them, um, and he's really a terrific terrific player and has very high fantasy upside. Um, now, finally, Cole Caulfield. Uh, number and we have him undisputed number one terrific season in the NCAA 30 goals 22 assists Hobie Baker award winner um, four goals again in his 10 games in the NHL does not go yet in the playoffs but picked up his second assist last night terrific player bit undersized haven't seen enough of him to say whether or not he's going to be um, elite elite yet but I, I do think he will be a good player uh, for your fantasy team and look to pick him up later in yearly drafts as a possible stash for the the playoffs. Well, I think personally he has the potential to be another guy like a Nick Robertson where he is going to be... We've already seen him play up the lineup on Montreal this playoffs. He was phenomenal, and I think that from what I've seen from him this playoffs, that he is going to be one of those players that isn't necessarily there for his physicality, but he's definitely got talent. Like you said, like a Mitch Marner. And I think that he could end up racking up some points, which is good for uh, standard leagues. Maybe not as much for Bango's leagues, um, but definitely a solid player. 
All right, and moving on to defensemen, finally. Yeah, I think our, our consensus first overall uh, prospect pick was Bowen Byram, even though he played a couple games in the NHL this year. Uh, as uh, we said on our Instagram, he's going to be one of those quarterback uh, defensemen that are so sought out in um, fantasy leagues. Although he will be playing behind Makar, which is going to hinder him a little bit. I think he's still going to be a generational talent that um, will make a definite impact within the next couple of years. I don't know about generational talent, but I do agree he's going to be a terrific player, and I think he should be paired up on that second power play with Sammy Girard um, and the likes of Kadri and possibly Newhook, given his playoff performance. Um, I'm just going to list here quickly the ADPs of our defensemen. So first, we already talked about Bowen Byram. Second, we have Jamie Drysdale. Third, Jake Sanderson. Fourth, Eric Brandstrom, fifth, Rasmus Sandy of the Leafs, sixth, Mort Sider in Detroit, seventh, Bouchard in Edmonton, eighth, Alexander Romanov for Montreal, ninth, Philip Proberg again for Edmonton, tenth, Thomas Harley, eleventh, Billy Hinola, twelfth, Cam York, thirteenth, Jake Bean, fourteenth, Nils Lundqvist, and fifteenth, Victor Soderstrom. Ben, what's your take on um, Drysdale for this upcoming year? I think he's going to be a terrific player. He's on a worse team, but I think he's going to be paired up with Zegers a lot. Should be number one power play. I, I doubt they, they give it to Fowler over Drysdale. I think they'd want to develop Drysdale. I actually have shares of both Drysdale and Byram uh, in in my in our main dynasty league that we're in, as well as Sandine. I did not do a terrific job in drafting defensemen, so I had to... Take up, pick up those prospects late, but I think Drysdale is going to be a terrific player. I think Sanderson will as well. I think in the end it'll come back and bite Ottawa in the butt to have taken Sanderson over Drysdale, but they saw some saw something in him, and I I think um as well he's going to be a terrific player. Had a good NCAA season, only two goals, but had fifteen points in twenty two games. Um, uh, yeah, I really, I really actually like Sanderson a lot for this upcoming year because if you think about it. Ottawa has kind of dished off their defensemen. They have Shabbat still, but they got rid of Mike Riley, who was one of those guys that was getting points for them on their back end this year. So I think that you could see um, maybe a two uh, defenseman um, quarterback for this their power play next year with Shabbat and Sanderson kind of sharing share, um, shares of that um, that power play top yeah. role. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be a very nice piece for them next year. And quickly, just looking down the list, uh, Brandstrom, pretty similar to Sanderson. I think Sandine showed in the playoffs that he can be a true offensive defenseman. Uh, struggled a lot defensively, which I think will hinder his minutes and ability to um, get you those extra blocks and, and hits. But I think for uh, points specifically, Sandine's a terrific player. I would own him in a yearly league. Definitely in a dynasty league, he's going to be quarterbacking that number one power play with players like Matthews, Marner. I think he, he's a terrific player to own. Um, just looking down the list, uh, Romanov. Uh, can we just talk, touch on Mort Sider really quickly for Detroit? Yep. You know, he was the sixth overall pick in 2019. So I think he's going to be looking to crack that NHL roster this year. Um, I think he's, they've just been holding him down there because they don't want 
to him to be playing on a very bad Detroit team right now. Last year, worst in the league. Um, but yeah, I think next year they're they're building for something, and I think Eiserman. I've heard uh, rumors of him possibly going to buy in uh, free agency. So I think we we should watch out for that, and that could definitely help Sider's value next year. I agree. Um, really looking down the list, Bouchard. These next four players: Bouchard, Romanov, Proberg, and Harley are all in a very similar situation more offensively-minded defensemen moving into a sort of win-now team. You could include Hanola in this list as well. Even York and Bean, really, all these people moving into a win-now situation, more offensive defensemen. Um, so They've put up some good point totals. Hanola, 14 points in 19 games in Liga. And the AHL, Harley put up 25 points in 38 games. And um, obviously Romanov played the whole year in the NHL, and I think all six of these players are terrific players to own, have quarterback possibility on the power play. Proberg less, so he he has he struggles with his hands. But I think the rest of these guys are terrific players to own and terrific power play defensemen, which are always what you're looking for. So that wraps up our prospect rankings. Uh, Owen joins us back here in the studio. Um, just to wrap up our episode... Thank you all again for listening. And be sure to meet us back here next week, same time, same place, when we talk about players' playoff performances and their effect on fantasy value the next time we drop the puck.